When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're as cold as ice You're willing to sacrifice our love Hello everyone, welcome to the Ice Cold Takes Podcast. I'm your host Joey Demeglio, and we have reached the all-star break. Today I'll be giving grades for the Rangers so far this season for offense, defense, special teams, and goaltending. I'll also take an in-depth look at trade deadline targets and moves the Rangers should consider. Let's get right into it. So on the last episode of the podcast, the Rangers were still struggling. We're going into a back-to-back set against the Vegas Golden Knights and the Ottawa Senators to close out January and head into the All-Star break. They split the games and uh, finished off with a nice comeback win in Ottawa, scoring seven unanswered goals. So let's talk about those two games for a second. Um, That first one against Vegas, you know, it sounded like, I, wa- I listened to most of the game on the radio because I was working, but it sounded like the Rangers start- got off to an okay start. They let in the first goal, but then in the first period, they dominated play. But then they kind of let up in the second period, and then, as has been the case recently, any mistake that they've made has end up ended up in the back of their net. Goalies can't make a save, um, and it can't. you can't have a functioning team like that when, you know, Every wrong thing you do just ends up in the back of your me- of your net. The Rangers aren't playing really well right now, and you know they have to iron out those mistakes. Um, we'll get into those grades in a little bit, but that second game, uh, very promising. I said before that, you know, I'm optimistic. D, if you've listened to the show, you know that um, how optimistic I try and stay. Um, so having that silver lining, something you could hang your hat on going into the break where, you know, you're going a week or two without playing a game. And when you come back, knowing that you were struggling, if you pick up on where you left off, right where you left off with that that comeback, seven unanswered goals. And I think all of them were even strength too, plus the empty netter. Um, anyways, the when you pick up off of that, you want to hope that you could build momentum, right? The team's still struggling, but... Hopefully that win can help them build some momentum. Zach Jones and Connor Mackey had great games. Jones, I think that was his best game as a pro. He was a plus four. I think he had two or three points. Um, that goal, he was saying like it was easy, you know, because Panarin had the puck. You just go to the net and he'll find you. But he played really, really well. I thought he was impressive. I think he's earned another look in the lineup, at least until Lindgren feels healthy. Um Maybe the Rangers do decide, you know, let's keep Zach Jones around for a little bit, give give Lindgren a bit of rest on, on nights off. He is cheap. He's a cheap contract. Um, and he's not like some scrub like Libor Hayek or, or Ben Harper. Like, he can actually play out there, and he can make an impact, as seen in that game against Ottawa. Connor Mackey, call-up for Gustafson, who was out of the lineup dealing with an injury. Also, the Rangers... Truba, Jacob Truba got suspended. So the Rangers were down three defensemen in that game against Ottawa. Um, they call up Mackey. 
They're playing Jones. Was I, was Gustafson injured? It, Gustafson might not have been injured. But anyways, Jones and Mackey were in the lineup. And Mackey made an impact immediately. Right? He was steady back there on the back end with, uh, with, with Adam Fox. He was paired with Adam Fox, which is, uh, which is crazy. You know, you get called up. And you're and you're playing with with the best defense, one of the best defensemen in the league. You you spend all your entire season in the AHL. You come back up, and there you go. You're playing with Adam Fox. Um, but Mackey got into a fight. The Rangers went down two nothing in that game. Don't forget, they were not that good in the first period. They were very very sloppy. The the top line I was calling out the top line, the Zibanejad, Kreider, and uh, Wheeler line. They weren't they weren't playing up to up to par. Uh, to their standards, they need to be playing better, and they still do. I know they got some points in that game, but uh, you're going to need a lot more than points the way the, the Rangers team has been playing the past couple of months. Uh, Mackey gets into a fight, riles up the Rangers, and then the Rangers go on a spree, a goal-scoring spree in the second period. They scored five straight goals in the second and then two more in the third period and won 7-2. Didn't let up another goal um, for Jonathan Quick, who was in net. Um, but you want to, you want to build off of that Rangers. Great, great, uh, comeback win against Ottawa. I know it's not one of the best teams in the league, but this is something that, you know, you could feel happy about at least going into, into the all-star break. I know some people are saying that this team is done and that they shouldn't go for it at the trade deadline. And I'm going to try my best to, to prove people wrong and, uh, explain why I think that should not be the case. Even though I've been criticizing the Rangers recently for how bad they've been playing. So let's get into some of these grades here. So for offense, last year, if you remember, I think I was uh because the Rangers were went on like a really good run from December to January, I was uh I graded them pretty highly. But the opposite happened this season. They started off really good October, November, and then December, January, they crapped the bed. So I'm going to give them some lower grades. Offense, I'm giving a B minus to. And this will be the theme. This is the theme for the entire season at this point. It's really a tale of two halves of the, the first half of the season. So within the first 49, 50 games of the season, the first 22 to 24 games were excellent. The next 22 plus, like the 25 games, the cutoff, December 5th, that game against Ottawa, that Tuesday night game in Ottawa, they go there and they lose 6-2. Against one of the worst teams, the lowest uh, ranking teams in the standings. Ever since then, it's been uh, it's been downhill. I mean, some people will say like even before then it was bad, uh, but noticeably, that's when people started to pick up on it. Um, the Rangers in their first thirty four game, uh, first twenty four games, excuse me, three point three eight goals for per game. That's really good. You're scoring close to three and a half goals a game. You're going to win a lot. And the Rangers were great in the first half of the season. Let's look at the, the stats here. Where, where are they? What was their record? They were 18-5-1 in first place on December 5th, tied with the Boston Bruins for first in the, and the Vegas Golden Knights for first in the NHL. And they had two games in hand on Vegas. Um, but 3.38 goals for per game. Since then, 3.16 goals per game, goals for per game, in the 25 games since. So it's dipped a little bit, but you're going to see with the defense how much of a difference it, it, it made. If you if you probably include that total, the defense is uh, is a lot worse. 
since since the December 5th. If you want to include that December 5th game because they let in six goals. Um, but right out of the gate, though, back to the offense. Right out of the gate, the offense at five on five was noticeably better. Way better than it ever was under Gallant. The Rangers were getting more chances, spending way more time in the offensive zone. And one of the things that I noticed since the very beginning was that the third periods were like a strength of the team. That was like an identity, focal point of the of the team. They were spending so much time dominating like 10, 15 minutes of that of that 20 minutes in the third period, whether they were trailing or tied or up in the score. They were spending so much time in the offensive zone instead of sheltering and turtling in the defensive zone, letting Shesterkin bail them out time and time again. The opposite has been the case this season. So the third periods have been relatively good for a long stretch of this season. Recently, the offense, though, has shriveled up. And we know the case. Mostly relied on that second line. Panarin, Trotrek, Lafreniere, the French toast line, whatever you want to call them. They've done most of the work. And even them, in the past like week or two, before the All-Star break, they weren't getting that many points. So what are you going to do when you don't have anybody scoring? There's really not a lot. Like, How are you going to win any of those games? So it's kind of fortunate that the Rangers were basically a 500 team in the, those 25 games since uh, December 5th. Uh, lots of perimeter play in that second stretch, the 25 games, lots of perimeter play. They need to get to the slot. They need to crash the net. And they need to stop forcing passes that aren't there. Like, that's how you're going to get that that grade from a B minus up to, like, a B or a B plus. Like, I don't know if the Rangers are going to be like, oh, let's be a five-on-five five dominant team. I don't think that's going to be the case. Unless, you know, Zibanejad starts shooting the puck and Kreider stops passing and overpassing and Zibanejad stops passing it to his buddy and, Lafreniere finishes his chances. It's a lot to ask for. Uh, we know what the Rangers are capable of. We, we know what Zibanejad is capable of. But so far this season, 40, 49 games, it hasn't been the case. We haven't seen that elite shooting talent out of Zibanejad. Uh, Kreider has taken a step back. He'll go through, again, these cold stretches where he's not getting points or scoring goals, deflections and stuff. The puck's not going in. The Rangers need to improve on that vastly in the second on to defense. So I'm giving them a C minus. They were great. Once again, like the offense, great out of the gates, but it has unraveled since that December 5th game. In the first 24 games, the Rangers, and that includes the, that December 5th game. It would probably be a lot lower if, it, if I'm not including that one. In the first 24 games, 2.71 goals against per game. Not bad. You're allowing... Close to 2.75, less than three goals uh, against per game, which is good. If you're scoring close to three and a half, you're going to win a lot of games. So it makes sense. The Rangers had a great record on December 5th. In the 25 games since, they're allowing exactly three goals against per game. That's not good enough. When you're scoring 3.16, you're going to lose a lot, especially when your goalies aren't coming up with saves. Uh, the biggest thing we know this, the rush chances against and poor puck management, the breakouts have had have led to glorious opportunities for the opposition. And, you know, when you have that many chances against, it's hard to rely on your goalies to just bail you out. Let's look at that that one turnover Gustafson had in San Jose. Literally coughed it up, served it on a platter for the, the San Jose player who put it in the back of the net. No chance for Chesterkin. Um, they were so well composed in the beginning of the defense. Like they stuck to the system, that 1-3-1 or that left wing lock, whatever it is. But it hasn't felt the same, really, since around the time of all those injuries. So when I went to the game and on November 2nd, 
that Fox and Heedle injuries. Since then, like the defense has kind of kind of faltered or uh, fallen apart. Rush chances against, like I said, the the poor puck management. Like this is something the Rangers are gonna absolutely need to to fix in the in the second half. I don't know if they're gonna be able to make a trade because they're gonna be tight on cap space, even with Heedle's LTIR move, uh, cap space being banked. Rangers need to make trades to bolster their forward depth. And it's got to be like two or three trades for forwards. And I don't know if they're going to be able to fix the, the defense. Maybe change the pairings again. That's all really they could do. Let's go to special teams now. For special teams, I'm giving the Rangers a B. It's the bread and butter of the team. No pun intended. The penalty killing has been very consistent so far. Even with all the penalties the Rangers take, I, I feel like the Rangers take Lot, a lot of penalties. I really didn't. I didn't check this. I could check it right now. Uh, with with what the Rangers like, they take a lot, a lot of stupid penalties too. Actually, uh, is there a way on NHL.com to check the the penalties? It's loading now. It's loading. Let's see, let's see. More filters. Let's do. Let's see. Leading trailing penalties. Get stats. Who takes the most penalty minutes? Anaheim takes the most penalty minutes. Rangers actually, they taken they're they've taken 421 penalty minutes. That's uh, 20th in the league. That's not that much actually. That's pretty good. Uh, if you go from the bottom, yeah. So the Rangers are 13th in penalty minutes. So it's not as bad as I thought it was. But you know, even even when they do take stupid penalties, the penalty killers have been there to bail them out. The power play is ranked. Both special special teams units have ranked in the top five for a good chunk of the season, but like the power play has struggled recently, and that's why the grade is lower to to B. But we know that what what the score is all about. You know, you you get you get dominated for most of the game. You get a timely power play, and you score a goal. That was like the the formula for the Rangers a few years ago. For the last couple of years, maybe not so much this year because even strength play is improved. Uh, not to where not to where we would like it to be, but it has improved uh, overall. But um, the Rangers got to up their power play game, maybe change up the units a little bit, not do the same thing over and over again. It's like you you know exactly what they're doing. They're setting it up. They're passing it around. They get in the zone. They're going to go for that advantage at one time. The goalies are ready for it. The players are ready to get their sticks in the lanes, the penalty killers, I mean. You got to start shooting for the deflection a little bit more, and also I think it would help to get Trocheck more involved because he's having a great year. Use the bumper, use the bumper, like work work it around a little bit more, and then Panarin could even take a shot in there to throw off throw off the penalty killers. But if you do the same thing over and over again, puck's not going to go in. The the penalty killers know exactly what's coming. They're going to be ready to stop it. So change change it up a little bit there, and that'll improve the the grade a little bit for uh, special teams. And lastly, goaltending. I'm giving a B minus to. Uh, and the Jonathan Quick is the main reason why this grade is higher. I could have gone really low. I could have given a C or a C minus because Shesterkin has not been himself for a good portion of this season. And I understand the defense is giving up a lot of high danger chances, but the goalies need to save more of them. Not like all of them, but they can't let in every single every single chance that they get like the goalie's got to be there to bail them out like if you're facing 21 shots and you let in five of them like how do you expect your team to win man like i i get it i get it like most of those 
21 chances that you give up are high variety or loud chances, as Laviolette likes to call it. So the Rangers' defense and goaltending, those are the two areas that need big improvements. So um, let's get into the trade deadline, though, here. Um, the Rangers need to be buyers because the core is just going to be one year older next year and everyone is going to be on the wrong side of 30. Let's look at, let's look at their, their page here. Let's look at uh cap friendly where, where are they at? So the Rangers, Panarin's 32, Zibanejad is 30, Kreider's 32, Trocek is 30, Goodrow is 30, Jimmy Vesey is 30, uh, Truba's 29, Shesterkin's 28. Like those are the guys you have locked in locked in on contracts they're not getting any younger so if you want to punt on this season go ahead and do it but just know that next year is not going to be anywhere close to what what this is this year it's probably going to be like what you're experiencing now is going to be worse so either be all in or or not like that's that's the thing and i know how james dolan operates if if the rangers punt on this season they're going to be a first round exit and everybody's going to lose their jobs again. Like, this is this is going to be unacceptable. And I get it. Like, yeah, Drury is going to be probably going to be a goner. M- might be a goner. I, I don't want to say probably because I have no idea. But he might be a goner after this year if the Rangers are, again, a first-round exit. Even if he does make trades to improve the squad. But you can't just punt on the season. You can't. Because these guys, if you, if you want to punt on the season... And like break up the chemistry in the locker room and force the Benajet to waive his no movement clause. Go ahead, but it's going to be a toxic culture there, and it's not. There's not going to be a lot of winning. Dolan's going to go on a firing spree again. This is not the formula for success. So I think the Rangers need to be buyers again at this trade deadline. And every year, Drury has been a a, a buyer. So that first year with Cop Petrano, he went in. He didn't use all of his assets. Really, he hasn't given up. Like he, he's been very good about giving up picks. He's given he gave up the conditional one, uh, to to for cop, and that was if we made the Eastern Conference Finals, which the Rangers did. So that was a good trade. Then last year, the the biggest piece he gave up was the first round pick for Tarasenko. Really, so like the biggest pieces that Drury has moved have been Morgan Barron and first round picks. Really, he's used mid round picks to get players. He's gone for cheap assets, a cheap acquisition. And so if he keeps to that theme, that's good. You know, you don't want to do what the Rangers did from 2012 to 2017, where you just each and every year you give up a first-round pick and your best prospect for the best players available on the market, and then you're not able to get as deep of a run. Like, it's that's what, that's what the Rangers need to avoid. Uh, I get it. They're not the best team. This is not the best team the Rangers have iced out there, you know, they need to go after strategic players. They can't go after the best players, which is why I think they dodged bullets on Elias Lindholm and Sean Monaghan. Did you see what those guys went for? Lindholm went for a first-round pick. Kuzmenko, who is a roster player, who, if given ice time, is a 20-30 goal scorer and a prospect, also a conditional fourth-round pick. So that's a lot for a rental, a guy with one year left that you – Definitely not going to be able to re-sign because cap space is going to be tight again this offseason, even with the $3.5 million increase. Sean Monaghan, third-line center, a first-round pick you're going to give up? That is stupid. Why would you ever do that? That guy's not even that good. 
Like that, the Rangers need to move the meat needle when it comes to that third line. If Sabanajak, Kreider, and Panarin aren't scoring, you're a first round exit. I'm sorry. So the Rangers, as it stands right now, with the way their roster is constructed, they cannot go out there and ice a lineup with the third line like that. Brodzinski, I like him. I think he's a fourth line center. I think they could use him as a fourth line center, and that's fine. Goudreau needs to be off the team because he has not played the way that he's supposed to be playing the entire season. He's an anchor out there. He's black hole. He's one of those problems that the Rangers need to solve. Problem is moving that contract. How are they going to be able to do that? It's going to be really difficult. I don't know if the, I don't think they will be able to. So he's going to be a three point six million dollar uh, lineup scratch, uh, healthy scratch, uh, press box three point six million dollars in the press box. There, you know, he's he's not that good. He's not that good. So the Rangers, like I said, the the, the big problems right now: no third line center. Heedles out for the season. Blake Wheeler and Barkley Goodrow. Those are the spots that you need to fill forward forwards and that's not even including the defense but these are guys that you have to buy low you have to find guys that are cheap so tommy novak that's an eight hundred thousand dollar contract that's somebody you might have to go after i i would love to go after adam henrique because he's played in the playoffs he's got experience he's a good two-way center like that moves the needle for me that moves the needle for me but you would have to give you would have to get them to retain 50 percent which is around uh, two and two point three million, I believe. I have it pulled up on my phone here. Two point nine. Oh, geez, it's two point nine one two five. Is uh, how much you'd be retaining for for Henry. Uh, you'd have to give up a first round pick for sure for that, based on what Monahan and Lindholm have gone for. Uh, we could do the trade comparables too. I'm thinking like for um, Henrique is like Antoine Vermette back when he was traded to the Blackhawks. Uh, it was a first-round pick and a prospect. So something like that. The only difference is Vermette did not have salary retained. The, the Blackhawks ate that entire uh, salary that was remaining. Tommy Novak is is the, is the uh, a good a good uh, fit. He almost kind of reminds me of, like, Derek Broussard, where it's like, this guy's young. You know, we don't know what we have. Just, yet. like, we, we're – I mean – He's proven a lot in only a couple of years with the Predators. But when Broussard was on Columbus, he was a first-round pick, a high pick, and he kind of underwhelmed, and the Rangers got him for Gabrick. So not really the same, but I could see some similarities with like where the Rangers are trying to acquire a player like that. They're trying to make an investment. The Rangers invested in Broussard, and then they invested in Zibanejad. So the Rangers, maybe they invest in Novak. Uh, I don't know if that's possible. Laffer MVP, package him with Petrano. Okay. Uh, yes, yes. This is another point that I wanted to get to here. Um, there are teams out there that have a lot of players that fill positions, multiple positions that the Rangers need. And the Rangers could do this in one trade. Almost like that Gabrick for Broussard, Dorset, and John Moore trade in 2013. You fill multiple positions with one, with one trade. Teams like Anaheim, Ottawa, Seattle. Anaheim's got Vetrano and Henrique. Ottawa has Matthew Joseph and Vladimir Tarasenko. Seattle has like five or six guys that you could make a trade for. They have Wenberg. They have Gord. They have Eberle. There's defensemen there too. There's a Belmare. There's another guy that they have that I was looking at. 
Um, Vin said Henrique and Vetrano retained will put the Rangers over the cap, so roster play will have to go the other way. That's my next point, too. You'd have to give up a more significant piece like Kako. Would you want to do that, though? Because Kako is the only right winger on the depth chart right now. You have your depth chart on right wing, Lafreniere. And that's not even his natural position. So you, Blake Wheeler is like, that's, that's, that's nothing. Like, that's, to me, he's not a, a position on this roster right now because he's not playing well. He has not worked out. The Rangers need to make an improvement at top line right wing. If they're not going to put Kako there, they need to make an improvement there. Uh, the only problem with Matthew Joseph uh, is he's got three years on his contract. I would love that. I would love that. But is, I mean, you're paying for three years. Uh, let's look at his contract here. I'm going to go to Ottawa on uh, cap friendly here. Let's go Ottawa. All right. I'm looking here. Uh, Joseph, $2.95 million. He's 26 years old, but that's like, that's like the same deal as Goudreau. If he's not good, why would you make that investment? All right. So I'm out on Joseph now. I'm out on him. Uh, the Rangers got it. There's definitely more guys that they could go that are go for that are cheap. Daniel Sprong is another top line acquisition. Anthony Duclair. Zuccarello from, from Minnesota they could try and get back. Ryan Hartman. There's guys that are available. Uh, I think that the, the top guys, though, they need a third-line center. That's the first thing that I would do. When, when the All-Star break is over, when you get back to your office, Drury, I'm making calls for that, th that 3C, and I'm doing whatever it takes. The only thing that I wouldn't do is trade Kako for that. You need to use him because he's cheap. He's a cheap middle six winger, and you could probably lock him up for four or five years after this year, maybe. Like if cap space is a big issue with these with these teams that are trying to contend. Look at Tampa Bay. Eventually, they had to move out guys that were that were uh, pivotal to their team. Like they had to they had to move on from Palat, Kalorn. They traded Tyler Johnson. They, those guys they were really really helpful in in uh, getting them to where they were at. But at some point. The cap space just didn't work out, and they had to they had to move on from them. So you need to lock up guys to to team friendly deals now. Kako could be one of those guys. I understand he's not the second overall pick the Rangers drafted him to be, but he plays great defense, and he still has the skills to be a good offensive player. So if he's like a 40, 50 point guy that plays like top tier defense, middle six guy, and you get him six years, four million dollars. I don't think that's a bad idea. Like three and a half, four million dollars. I don't think that's that's a bad idea because there's not that many guys out there that could provide that, that provide the same defense that Kako provides, that has the offensive upside that Kako does. Yeah, he may not be a 70, 80, 90 point guy, but you know, a 50, 60 point guy is just fine for me. Um, but let's go, let's talk about like Yanni Gord. I was listening to Vince's podcast and I didn't even think Yanni Gord was a possibility. Apparently, like, he's got two years left on his deal. Apparently, like, if Seattle is out of uh, contention, the Rangers might be able to make a trade for that. He's got two years left, but he is a bit expensive, like, with this contract. But that's the perfect third-line center. When we talk about moving the needle, that's a guy right there that you would need there. I'm not saying you would have to, like, go put Boudreau back up there and rekindle that that magical third line that Tampa Bay had. But if you have a third line of, of Cooley, 
uh, Gord and Kako, that could do some damage. That's a great third line, man. That moves the needle for me. That's great. I love that. Um, Tommy Novak, I, I'm not too sure on him. I have to watch more Predators games to get scouting in on him. But he's had he's had a he's had a lot of points. Let's look at his uh, his point totals here. Uh, Novak here. I'm gonna pull it up. I had it before. But yeah, this guy is his contract is just he's an UFA after this year. He's uh, eight hundred thousand dollars. Very cheap contract wise. With what players are going for, he might have to give up a lot. Uh, let's see. So he's played in the NHL for three seasons. 73 points, 118 games. This year, he's got 23 points in 40 games, 8 goals, 15 assists. He's not really a hitter. He blocks more shots. Uh, actually, he, only, he doesn't block that many shots. He only has 12 blocks this year. One hit, a single hit this year. So he's not a physical player. Uh, face-off percentage, not really the greatest, like 44.4% for his career. Um, this guy looks like he's more of an offensive uh, minded third line center uh and you would just have to rely on Cooley and Kako to play defense uh let's see what laugh for MVP here says two of Novak Carrier Sissons Trent can be a good package well. yeah Colton Sissons uh Colton Sissons has been like has been on that team for a while now he is a good he's a good player um that's he's been like a, a middle six guy for them forever let's go uh where is it going on i'm going on cap friendly excuse me fellas sorry about this national predators let's look uh colton Sissons, three years left at 30 years old two million eight hundred fifty seven thousand dollars i don't like that trennan 1.7 million at 27 years old i like that uh carrier carrier uh oh alex carrier yeah defenseman Two and a half million dollars, uh, one year left, 27 years old. Yeah, these these are the contracts that you're you're looking at here. I would say no decisions because he's old, more like the Goudreau type. It's uh I mean if you if you want to swap Goudreau for for Sissons, be my guest. Like I'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, uh I don't think I think that's pretty realistic because they do the same kind of things, they're intangible guys. These are how they market these players. Goudreau is like, all right, yeah, you need this guy to win your Stanley Cup. Sisson, same deal. Guy will kill penalties. He hits, blocks, all that good stuff. You could make a one-for-one swap, uh, Goudreau for Sisson, Um, where the Rangers are. What is his contract? Goudreau's got four years left, three after this year. After this year, Sisson has two years left. So maybe not. Maybe uh, uh, Nashville would want to free up some cap space there. Um, but yeah, again, there's, there's another team that has players that could, uh, fill multiple needs. They have Gurianov. Oh, wow. Uh, how's Gurianov this year? What are his stats like? Nah, two points in, in 12 games. No, this guy was supposed to be like the next big thing, but hasn't really worked out for him. It doesn't look like, uh, Nyquist is two years left. Yeah. Trennan would be a good one. Uh, Novak, yeah, Tommy Novak. That's one for the Rangers. That might move the needle, but that might be a. Let's see what he is right now, and then next year, if he's really good, we'll keep him, and then 
and then like uh and then you know you have like your brassard type you you invest you make the investment in him um but again like with with the uh, going off with the brassard comparables here uh derek brassard the rangers need a 2014 like brassard uh derek brassard they need that uh these guys these guys need to need to step it up here Brodzinski cannot be the third line center. Uh, they know that. They know that. They, I think people were saying that the Rangers were trying to make a move for third line center even before they learned that Gidel was going to be out for the season. So yeah, this move is coming. It's coming within the next few weeks, I would say. Uh, but the major assets the Rangers have, in my opinion, to trade that I would be willing to give up, I wouldn't give up Othman, I wouldn't give up Perot, and I wouldn't give up Kako. I would give up Kako if it's like, if it's like a, a no-brainer kind of deal, the Rangers would have to be blown away to, to move him. Major assets they have to move. A first, a second, your mid-round picks, Zach Jones and Matthew Robertson. Those are your prospects. And I think that's pretty realistic based on what the Rangers have given up in previous deadlines. Let's go back two years. Like I said, the first-round pick and Morgan Barron were the biggest assets that Drury used in that, in that uh, trade. Last year, the Rangers got rid of Sammy Blay first round pick a second round pick for Kane they got rid of Hunter Skinner another prospect he was like a B or C level prospect that's really not that much Sammy Blay was a guy that wasn't working out for the Rangers Hunter Skinner was a guy the Rangers weren't going to use anyways and the way it's looking out right now I don't think the Rangers are going to be looking at uh using Robertson unless the only reason the only the only thing that I could say is if the Rangers are going to be using him Lindgren is not coming back because he's due for a contract, and if the Rangers feel that he's not going to last, if he's going to taper off like Girardi did, uh, then they might move on from him. Robertson would be a perfect replacement, because he's a lefty, and he's big. He plays the body, kind of play all the all the stuff that you want out of you got out of Lindgren. Except Lindgren is not big. Robertson is. You know the Rangers are salivating for that. Because they love the size. They don't want the, the small defenseman. Which is why I think they should be playing Zach Jones and let him get let the kid get uh get a shot. Because I don't know, man. He's like he he he's got potential, he's got upside. I think that the Rangers should try him out. I know that you want those reliable stay at home defensemen for the playoffs, but if you can't get it for the cap space, if you could make two or three two out of three of those moves. And you can't, you don't have enough cap space to make that third move, like I was talking about, your third or fourth move. Then you got to settle with what you got. And hanging on to Zach Jones might not be a bad idea. So, uh, oh, we got to do the ice cold take segment. Wow, I didn't do that yet. Uh, let's do an ice cold take uh, here. As much as I would love for Zuccarello to come back here, I'm just just gonna go out and say he's not coming back and. Uh, I think the Rangers, you're going to see three, at least three new players on the team uh, when it comes after the trade deadline. Three players. I think they're going to get a top-line right winger, like a Vitrano-like guy. I didn't even talk about Daniel Sprong. Like, that guy is $2 million. He'd probably be cheap, like a, a third a third-round pick, probably. Like a Vitrano-type thing. You have to, you have to uh, find these hidden gems where... They might work out. Vetrano was good because he wasn't really playing that much in Florida. They were a good team, but he wasn't playing that much. They didn't have any room for him. 
They bring him to the Rangers. They put him on the top line, and he's a shooter, and he works perfectly with Kreider's advantage at. If you go for somebody like that, who's like who has a contract like Novak, $800,000, that's slicing on the cake there. I don't think they'll be able to find a guy that has that contract. So the best bet is like is Sprong, who's got a one-year, $2 million contract. If you want to retain, you can. You can give up an extra asset if you want, like a third and a prospect, like not not Robertson, but like like a like a Edstrom or a Korshak, one of those guys. I think the Rangers are going to get a top line right winger. The first guy, first and foremost, the three C is going to be the first thing the Rangers do. The, no question about it. They're going to get the third line center, and that's got to come sooner rather than later. Then they need a fourth-line right winger, or a fourth-line winger, or a fourth-line uh, player. Because uh, Pitlick is fine. If they go with the uh, – if actually, even if they go with the, a fourth-line of VZ, Brodzinski, Pitlick, that's not bad. That's not too bad. But if you want to upgrade from Pitlick, you can. I don't think the Rangers – actually, I don't think the Rangers are going to do that. So I think the Rangers are going to come away with a third-line center, a cheap top-line right winger, and a defenseman. That's fine. I think that that is uh, that would be a perfect deadline for the Rangers. Uh, I hope that's when uh, that's what they end up doing. Only bad thing is the Wings might make the playoffs. Yes, this is true. This is true. But let's look at uh, let's look at uh, Daniel Sprong's stats here. So let's go here. Hockey Reference. Daniel Sprong. Okay. Come on, load now. 32 points in 50 games. Not bad. Uh, he's averaging 12.44 time on ice. Wow. That's not a lot. Um, yeah, they, they in his career, he really hasn't been used that much. He's been in the league for uh, five, six, seven, eight years. He's been in the league for eight years. Uh, I remember when he was like a, like a prospect uh you would always see him on uh, the NHL video games. But, yeah, Sprong would be – you might – yeah, because they're in a playoff spot, you might have to, like, sweeten the deal for them. Uh, but the Rangers are going to have to go with these cheap these cheap guys. Like, utilize every bit of cap space. This is not like a, like a, a star searching. Like, let's go for the biggest fish on the market. One trade and we're done. This is not like, all right, Eric Stahl. Keith Yandel or St. Louis. This is not like, all right, we're going for the best guys on the market. This is like two years ago when they went for Cop, Vetrano, Mott, Justin Braun. They need to go for multiple guys to fill positions. They cannot afford to do the same thing they did last year where they go for Tarasenko, they go for Kane instead of Barbashev, which they, they really should have done. Having a guy like Barbashev in your middle six, that would have been perfect for this team, man. Like, even if you slot him in on the, the top right wing spot for Kreider's advantage at, I'm sure they would have found a way to make it work there. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to wrap it up here for the Ice Cold Takes podcast. Bit of a long one. I went, like, on a crazy rant almost. Uh, but, yeah, Rangers have moves to make. Hopefully they can pick up their play. Zabanajad, I'm looking at you. Start shooting the puck for. And uh, let's go, Rangers. See you guys. Hey, Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week.
You don't have to go home, but you can't stay. 